Greetings. Welcome to the Asana Kitchen podcast. I'm David Garig. Before I get started with today's topic, just want to let you know that uh, I have a, a sale coming up on my online products, uh, and there's all kinds of new offerings from um, all the different courses that I made uh, on Zoom over the course of the pandemic. So uh, that's coming up in early July, so you can look for that. And then also I do have a live event coming, a teacher training in Portland, and it'll be both live and online. That's July 11th to the 15th or 16th, 11th, right in that week. Um, so uh, it's a 16-hour training. Uh, if you're interested in that, you could ch- um, check it out and hopefully join me. Okay, so somebody wrote me and uh, asked me, I, I, th- I thought it was cool, they wrote on uh, YouTube and said that they thought I was qualified to answer the question about the connection between fitness on one hand and yoga on another. Uh, and then he, that person said they thought they were, um, I don't know, subsidiaries of each other. And, um, and so I'm going to speak uh, so on that. And I have several points that I want to make with you. Um, and I do appreciate that the person thought I was qualified. Uh, and I partly... I, I'm happy that comes through in my YouTube channel in that um, how much I love movement and I have since I was a boy. I grew up doing uh, all sports and uh, especially skateboarding and um, but 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 all and just really loving uh, using my body. Uh, but at the same time, uh, I discovered uh, yoga as a um, young youngster like uh, 16 years old, and it was a very mystical uh, discovery for me, but it was combined with the physical, because I learned um, Surya Namaskara, doing uh, those sun salutations outside on the beach, and so it was, it was this physical thing, but, but what impressed me about it, well, I guess it was a combination. It was the, the physical part of it that kind of naturally hooked me into it combined with this, um, this other um, experience that I had that was, uh, I don't know what you could determine, call yoga. And, um, and so, so, so for starters, though, the, that idea of, it's a kind of uh, controversial subject, you could say, that because I feel like there's certainly some yoga people that get very... Uh, up in arms about when yoga seems too physical or you hear things like, oh, it's all about the postures and that's not yoga um, or things like that. And, um, and somehow that yoga is a matter of spirit, right? It's a consciousness. And, um, and, in, and in a way, the, it's a leaving behind of the body and the ego and the attachment that, that we can build um, to the physical, um, to our physical self, but also the physical world as a, a kind of, especially if you really get into it, it can be vanity, right? It can be you're trying to look good and um, get very attached to your body. Um, and then, and then there's also, a, you could say there's a, on the other end of the spectrum, there's uh, people that reject the any idea whatsoever of of um, spirituality, right? And so, 
they would never want to associate exercising with um, reaching for God or trying to come to this profound sacred place within yourself. And they would uh, kind of fight against that or reject that quite vigorously, right? Uh, still never forget, I, I saw in L.A. some years ago this uh, yoga, it was right outside on their uh, wall, they wrote like, no chanting, no Sanskrit, no uh, no granola, no, just like, just making it like, this is a physical thing that we're doing here. And, um, and so, so I, me, I don't, um, I understand those distinctions. Um, and I see some relevance in them in the conversation about like the connection between fitness and yoga, because, um, because you could argue that, that yoga is not about fitness, okay? That it's, um, it really is, it's much more in um, a stance or an attitude or a perspective on the world that you're, you're coming to. And it, and it involves uh, generosity and charity and like this whole uh, kind of universal uh, love kind of thing of that... Um, justice for all and um, non-harming and uh, it's a very deep, profound uh, mental perspective to come from that you back up with your actions. And, um, and so exercising or doing something physical like postures or something is not necessary for yoga, right? And um, in the ultimately... Um, um, and then, and then on the other hand, um, fitness in itself is awesome, right? That movement and um, working to gain skill with your body in different ways, uh, become strong, flexible, um, and be healthy physically. These are all excellent uh, pursuits without. Um, needing a spiritual perspective uh, to ground them or validate them or um, make them important or, yeah. Um, so, so uh, but still, to me, I love the combination. Okay, I, I, instead of uh, trying to kind of see, keep them apart and see how they don't belong together, I kind of... Uh, I respect their uh, their differences, I could say, and their um, that they're on opposite poles to a certain degree. Um, but I also uh, love that connection because, after all, if you if we're if we are a spiritual being, we're we have a whole material aspect. So our spiritual side and our material side they come together, um, and they're inextricably linked so you can't completely uh, you can't have a fully physical experience or a fully spiritual experience as a human you like somehow somewhere those are going to cross and um, and so why not uh, enter into that very uh, consciously and trying to find um, this beautiful connections between the two um, and so, 
Yeah, because so for me, like, it's one of the amazing things about movement. Like, almost any movement that is elevated to a high standard, to like um, exploring um, human potential and human creativity and um, human possibilities, right, is um, becomes something noble and uh, beautiful and soulful and even spiritual. And, um, and so, so there's that um, aspect uh, that, that like there's a, this appreciation of the, the beauty and the, literally the spirituality that could be, that movement and posture could bring you to. Okay, and um, so, but I do want to identify a few things with you uh, in this uh, for me, like, because I want to go personally into like my connection between like whatever fitness and and yoga. And uh, okay, so like, so there's passage from the Hatha Yoga Pradipika. It says, so like a house protecting one from the heat of the sun, Hatha Yoga protects the practitioner from the burning heat of the tapas, um, and it is the supporting tortoise, as it were, for those who are constantly devoted to the practice of yoga. Okay, so hatha yoga, which is uh, the postures and uh, breathing techniques and uh, bandhas and things that we do, this, this very physical practice, um, it's, it's the supporting tortoise. So it supports... Um, the, those who are constantly devoted to the practice of yoga. And, and so, so to me, this is, there's the instant uh, connection between like, the fitness aspect of yoga, uh, the bodily uh, movement, uh, like really engaging your body, and yoga. And so what I do want to uh, enter there with you, though, is so what does it mean to be constantly in, engaged in the practice of yoga? So... It, that book, then, it's distinguishing in a way between the postures and things that you're doing, because that's how we would think normally, like, well, if you're doing postures and stuff, then you're engaged in the practice of yoga. But no, it's, it's implying that, there's some, that you're doing these postures as a support to being um, constantly engaged in the practice of yoga. Okay, and so uh, there's two passages I want to explore with you. Uh, one's from the uh, Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, and it, it describes self, okay? So self is the, the kind of spiritual dimension that um, behind the, the appearance of the world and be, behind your, the, the, the material self, the small self, the, your personality and history and these things is uh, something they call self with a capital S. And the, the texts are devoted to describing it. Okay, and one description is, it says that, um, so the self is the, the breathing behind the breathing, the sight behind the sight, the hearing behind the hearing, the thinking behind the thinking. And so, and those who know this, that, that, that right, that's, there's something beyond, right, is that's the seeing beyond the seeing, the hearing beyond the hearing. So love that. But it's not, you're not just hearing. There's something beyond that that's, that's hearing. Um, and that, that's all of your perception. 
there's something beyond the actual just physical perceiving okay and the ones that know that the, the they those who know this perceive brahman and brahman means expansion so and it's just another name for self and it's also there's different ways of describing brahman the first the ancient um, and then it says with the mind alone does one behold it so it's with your mind you behold that um, seeing behind the seeing the hearing behind the hearing and um, and so there is and there is nothing diverse at all okay so nothing diverse there's a kind of um, a unity a whole unified field beyond all the diversity that we see here in the physical plane and so it, it says that so listen to that again so with the mind we must behold it um, there and th there there is here nothing diverse at all and then it says from death to death um, one goes who sees any kind of diversity right so you're it's like you're lost in a ignorance if you just see this material world as the whole thing all right and then and then it says um, just as a singular just as just singular one must behold it it's immeasurable and un immovable okay so this is characteristics of that large self it's um, immeasurable whereas everything material you can measure it it's like I'm five foot eleven and this wall is ten foot across okay so this self though that's in this hidden dimension is immeasurable and immovable okay so all this is moving constantly changing but the background um, that yoga is trying to get that to help you perceive by its practice is immovable okay and so and then the self is spotless and beyond space um, unborn immense unmovable and by knowing that very one a, a wise yogi um, should it should obtain insight for themselves and and then finally goes off and says let the yogi not ponder over a lot of words it just tires the voice right so all this talking about self it just tires the voice okay and um, and then from the yoga vashishta that and this gets at it I love this because it it teaches you like so what is this um, so if hatha yoga is, is um, the support for those constantly engaged in the practice of yoga and this addresses that so it says um, I and this is from the yoga vashishta which is a, a text where uh, vashishta is a great guru and he's instructing Ram who's um, God in human form um, as a boy at that time and he's um, t teaching him about spiritual principles so vashishta says I I shall now declare for you the internal worship of the self which is the greatest among all purifiers and which destroys all darkness completely so he's declaring for you the internal worship of the self so what does that what is that worship of the self the internal worship of the self and and he says um, 
This is of the nature of perpetual meditation. See, this is it, perpetual meditation. Whether one is walking or standing, uh, whether one is awake or asleep, uh, in and through all of one's actions, one should contemplate this supreme Lord who is seated in the heart and who brings about, as it were, all the modifications within oneself. Okay, so all of these um, stirrings, all these memories and wantings and fears and the whole kind of reality that we're spinning out. Um, this is the, uh, the this self behind brings about all this. Okay, and so this is what is going on when you practice yoga. It's um, it's a perpetual meditation through everything you do all day long. Okay, and this is why the Hatha Yoga is such a great support, because the idea and the, uh, the prototypical yogi who uh, withdraws and goes off into the mountain cave and uh, meditates just sits and kind of go perpetually, literally perpetually meditates upon self. And this is, that's what they, why they call it... Um, that Hatha Yoga is like the house that protects you from the sun of that tapas, right? Because that's incredibly um, challenging to sit for long periods of time, pretty much just withdrawing entirely from the material world and um, abiding in this um, contemplation of the seer behind the seeing the feeler behind the feeling, and the thinking behind the, the thinking. Uh, okay, and, um, and so, so then, and, and this is, see, and here's the connection. This is a, uh, something I really want to impress upon you, because this, it, this actually informs my, um, my entry into actual fitness. Okay, so because there, to me, there's a big difference between uh, like Pilates or um, gym, um, calisthenics or weightlifting weight at the gym or running or any of these things and Hatha yoga. Okay, so that you've got to make that, I make that distinction in, in myself. And, um, and to me, I, I feel similarly about um, Hatha yoga as a, a Fit, fitness to me, fitness is the um, is like a house that protects one from the hatha yoga. <laughs> fitness is the the um, the supporting tortoise for those that are engaged in the practice of hatha yoga. Okay, so so that means I'm taking it to a finer level. So kind of what it's what the hatha yoga pradipika is saying that meditating all the time and sitting that's hard on you. And so you so you do these postures um, to partly to come at it from different angles and to refresh your body and um, and withstand the challenge of it all, okay. But hatha yoga in itself is um, can break you down and be very uh, challenging. Like if you especially like if you do ashtanga and you start to take to those series, you do the first series six days a week, and then you graduate and do the second and get on to the third or and you're, you're doing like 
lot of vinyasa every day and all those postures uh, speeding through and stuff. Like, this is uh, challenging. And, um, and we have this illusion that, that um, doing that activity, the hatha yoga in itself is nourishing to the body 100% of the time. Or, um, or that's what makes us strong and flexible or, and um, keeps us fit and protects our joints and, and all of these things. And, and, and I would just say, in my experience, that, that's not so. Okay? That, and to me, the, that's where I bring fitness into it, and, um, is that I... So, so I, I, do, I do plank drills, and I run a little bit, and I bike a little bit, and I, um, I do... Um, yeah, push-ups and uh, different... Um, very, uh, very explicit um, physical fitness things, calisthenics, and uh, use a basso ball and uh, weight, the small weights and different things. And, and I found that those things uh, are excellent supplements to, um, to my Hatha yoga practice. And, um, and, and it really... I do come at it from that angle, like I'm sharing that with you, that it's fitness feeds my Hatha yoga, and my Hatha yoga feeds my practice of, of yoga. And, and it, it's, to a certain degree, it is a hierarchy, right? That fitness, to me, is it's, it's important insofar as it helps me do my yoga. And then my yoga practice is, so, is important insofar as it helps me like really contemplate um, remain in that perpetual meditation. So one thing I want to uh, point out to you, which is amazing, because I would say between uh, fitness, you could say like, um, especially in its highest forms, whatever that may be, uh, like physical movement, physical games, uh, physical excellence, that there, so... There's that, and then there's um, then there's excellence in hatha yoga, and so there's so supreme mastery of the postures themselves, and uh, and that to me are, is very different than fitness, okay, and and that it's something uh, very special to me, or um, something I make my or I've discovered in my own uh, experience that I love those particular forms of hatha yoga and the, the, the breathing that goes with it, the, the internal ujjayi sound breathing and working with the central axis and the bandhas and, and the axis and, and, and striking triangle pose and shoulder stand. Like These are very specific uh, forms. All, the whole um, uh, Hall of Fame uh, members of these postures that we do that uh, it's it's its own whole world its whole um, art form and its whole place to uh, discover excellence and um, the high pinnacles of um, what of human potential okay and um, and then there's also yoga itself and 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 what I said before which is that so yoga is, uh, it's a consciousness. So there's a, there's a certain uh, 
kind of insight that you're looking for, right? It, it, it said it in that Upanishad that I thought was uh, pretty interesting. It says that um, by knowing the very, the, that very one, a wise yogi should obtain insight for themselves. Okay, so there's, there's an, an excellence or a, um, a depth, uh, a knowledge that you're trying to get through yoga. But, but even more important than that insight is then the behavior or your stance in the world that comes from that, which is based on those um, ethical principles of yoga, the, the yamas and the niyamas, which are like ahimsa and um, honesty and... Um, generosity and um, non-possessiveness. So, so you, right? So the, the, the way that you manifest uh, greatness or um, skill in yoga is through your, uh, in a way, your impact on the world. Like, what's your effect out there? How generous are you? How, how loving? Um, how, um, how little uh, negative footprint do you leave as you walk through the world? And, uh, and so these are very uh, important to yoga. Okay, but, but I want to point this out to you that's so cool about the Bhagavad Gita. It's such a beautiful um, text, which is... Um, it, yeah, it, it, it really spells this out. And so I'm going to you know, look at this. And I call, I kind of um, sometimes break the sections into uh, little groupings. And the, this grouping that's here, I call it um, the unique style of prayer. Okay, and so, and cr so in this book, the Bhagavad Gita, this is Krishna, who is God in human form, talking to Arjuna in the moment before battle and urging him to action. And Arjuna's representing like you and me, so, uh, a human uh, yogi that's striving in life to try to be the best person we can be. And so Krishna's giving advice, especially on, on action. And, um, and so and action is very relevant to the um, subject of um, kind of fitness, hatha yoga, and um, seated meditation, because hatha yoga is more active. There's more action involved th than just um, this perpetual um, contemplation. And then in some ways you could say that the, when you get into fitness, that's even more action or more movement-based than hatha yoga. And, um, and so, so this book is relevant to anyone who... Is inter who uses action in their spiritual path. So basically, he starts off on a menu. Uh, he and he, he says some pe some people of yoga pray to the gods and make this their worship. Some offer worship by um, worship itself in the form of God. And he goes through this whole list of um, some offer wealth or austerities. Um, and their, their practice of yoga. Others, um, aesthetics, offer their studies of the scriptures and wisdom itself. 
and, and others intent on control of their vital forces offer their in-breath into their in-breath or their out-breath into their out-breath. And others, while fasting, offer... Um, the, the, oh, I'm sorry. That, that was at the beginning of that. So others, while fasting, offer the in-breath into their in-breath. Um, and, so, and here's what he comes to. All these understand worship. Okay, and by worship they are cleansed of sin. Okay, and so, and so partaking of the essence of worship, forever they are freed of themselves. But non-worshippers cannot be happy in this world or any other. Okay, so, so this is something that really differ- differentiates the yoga. And um, so for one, it... it it does, it does this interesting kind of contradiction. It opens it up. It says there's so many different ways to worship, but it must be worship. You must associate whatever you are doing as an offering to that um, spiritual dimension that this whole thing is based on. Okay, And um, it might be that you do Pilates, or you run in the mountains, or you're a swimmer, or you're a gardener, or who knows what your offering is going to be. But it is in your mind this perpetual meditation on self, somehow or another. And you see, to me, this is why I don't like to enter into those arguments about, well, that physical things can't be yoga or, or this kind of thing. Because it's like, who is, who is anyone to say to anyone else what their worship is? And, and Krishna goes out of his way to say it. And this is something so beautiful about this text. So there's not, no, not only one way out there, not a Christian way, not a Muslim way, not a Hindu way, right? Not a yoga way. And, and he says it. Thus, many forms of worship may lead to freedom, Arjuna. And then he, he says, all these are born of action. So when you know this, then you will be free. All right, and so um, this is big. This is really big. And, and then he spends the last part of this um, section going into this idea about wisdom. Okay, so he says, but better than any ritual, okay, so getting on your mat or lighting incense or chanting or whatever ritual you're going to create or even like sweating through a two-hour plank session, Better than any ritual is worship achieved through wisdom. So wisdom is the final goal of every action. Wisdom. Okay, and this is so, so this is so interesting that no matter what we're engaged in, that we're trying to learn from our actions. We're trying to grow and go to a deep place within ourselves so that when we act, there's, um, there's weight behind our action, that the desirable outcomes um, happen and our generosity shines through and our, our creativity and um, our ability to problem solve and uh, handle things in a sensible, uh, right, virtuous way. Okay, and... Um, so, yeah, and it says, nothing in this world can purify as powerfully as wisdom practiced in, in yoga. 
and um, and so and then it said no sorry it says no nothing in this world can purify as powerfully as wisdom okay and then this statement practiced in yoga you will find this wisdom within yourself see this is what's so important. And, and another thing about that connection between fitness and yoga. You see, fitness tends to stay very outer-directed. Um, in, in the mind and in the, the, the pursuit of it, whereas if you go all the way to yoga, uh, it's an internal uh, thing that's happening, right? Like the uh, Vashishta said. I love that, how it goes. Uh, it says that, I shall declare to you the internal worship of the self. Okay, so this is one of the benefits of the asanas and the breathing and the mudras. And then also the stillness um, between vinyasas, between movements, is that you, you learn this skill of called nirodaha, which is cessation of activity. Okay, and, and this is something... You can say very unique to yoga and very um, foreign to fitness, to any um, of those physical things because they have such um, external goals like games that you win or shoot the ball through the basket or hit, hit the ball or, um, yeah, and then even Pilates, the different um, muscles you're trying to engage or tone or um, create length and, and these things. I love that. That practiced in yoga, you'll find this wisdom that you're looking for uh, within yourself. Uh, okay, so I have a few final thoughts uh, about this theme. To me, all physicality, so everything that has to do with uh, movement in the body and posture, uh, it's, what, it's my very first asana principle that I call the single position. So it means it's all based on uh, standing, these single line um, and organizing the body well along that single line. And, and so that, and, and all the postures are coming from that single posture. And, um, and, and so your, your mentality in approaching all the poses is to c- keep relating them back to this uh, original position and uh, drawing on your knowledge of this single position um, and then also seeing um, the, the similarities. So at, at first, um, the poses can all seem so different, right? That there's all these back bends and forward bends and seated postures and all these different things. But, but the, the diversity in one sense is an illusion. Okay, so it's, it's really just all one posture you're repeating again and again. And so you're, and you're paying attention to your pelvis, torso, um, head positioning um, continually and, um, and seeing how much like Samastitihi you can make every pose or how little you have to go away from Samastitihi to express that form. Um, and then you're also... Um, noting differences in poses based on samasitihi. So like the forward bends are a certain kind of excursion away from 
the neutral positioning of sinus DDE and backbends are another type of excursion away. And so, so both seeing the similarities and the differences of the different postures by way of this single position. And, um, and within that, that is true though of all movement and all posture. So, so all the exercise and fitness is also based around um, this single position. And evidence of that is can be found in, it's a true marvel to me that um, they have like those online, if you look on Google, they have the hundred best um, exercises for strengthening that involve only the use of your body. Okay, so no weights, uh, no gym machines and, and this kind of thing. And, um, and those hundred, out of those hundred, if you really look at the list, um, and there's more than one list, and, and it, it's, this is, happens with each of the lists, more than um, half of them, like well, well beyond half of the exercises are all derivatives of plank pose. It's just totally extraordinary to note that so, that, so even when you're exercising, you're simply recreating the single position again and again. And, and so when you can connect that up, that, um, that basically all postures, all movements are kind of centered around standing or sitting vertical or laying down vertical or being upside down vertical. Um, it becomes much more playful, the whole process of like um, doing postures of Hatha Yoga and even doing Ashtanga Yoga and going through those series. You can uh, begin to interpret things with more uh, independence and creativity and uh, kind of uh, not be so hampered by relentless monotony, right? Because that because repeating something again and again, the same way, day after day, month after month, year after year, that's, um, it has a positive side in the discipline and different, um, and strength. Oh, sorry, just one second. It has its positive side in the regularity, the consistency, and, um, and then even skill that comes from repetition, but it also can break you down. That repetitive stress and strains are um, really can be a source of, of injury and um, kind of uh, even chronic uh, states, of wearing down joints or weakening muscles rather than strengthening them and stuff. Okay, and so, so this is where the, the, the you, I'm always looking for the positive um, interface of things. And I, and I will bring in um, different disciplines or other uh, supplemental things to enhance my main uh, my main work or my main world, which is um, Ashtanga Yoga and Hatha Yoga. Okay, and, um, and then, 
this, it, that whole idea of this single position, though, what's amazing about it is it, it goes right to the heart of yoga, too. So that it, it's not just a, a relationship between fitness and um, yoga postures. It's uh, this beautiful connection to the consciousness that you're trying to come to through, through yoga. And uh, I read this earlier, but it's quite amazing, that statement, where it says, um, so it's in this Brihadaranyaka Upanishad, where the, it was saying, like, it's this self that we seek and that we are working to identify with is the, the breathing behind the breathing, the sight behind the sight, and the thinking behind the thinking. Right? And then later in that passage, it says, um, with the mind alone, must one must behold it. And here it is. And there is here nothing diverse at all. Okay? So there is here within the world of the self, within the, that invisible dimension you're trying to reach, there is no diversity at all. Okay, and then it's, it's a strong statement because it says, from death to death one goes who sees here any kind of diversity. Okay, and so from death to death means it, 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 like living in perpetual ignorance comes when you only see um, division and uh, that all these parts that we're surrounded by and that we live amongst because and so th that's the illusion you see and just like it's an illusion that uh, doing fitness things are different from doing postures or doing different postures is different from doing any postures all right there's no difference there really at the heart of it and there's this, this whole unity that you're trying to see, a oneness that you're trying to um, penetrate to in everything you do, okay? And, um, and so, and even th that, it, it's a very heady kind of intellectual thing, but it's also um, very much physical in the sense that that all the diversity in postures um, that you bring, whether you're bringing um, you know, gym techniques or fitness and then also all these postures, they are all leading to like the, the prototypical posture of sitting in Padmasana, absolutely still, uh, right? Limbs steady, the three sections um, erect, and then withdrawing the mind and senses inward so that you can um, cease to identify with the diversity. Okay, so it's a, it is literally a single position that does it because because one of the characteristics of this self that you're trying to identify with it is it doesn't move. And so you're trying to stop moving. Stop your body in one position and, and then go it, much more subtle in the stopping of movement. Stop the senses from going out and trying to interface with the outer world. Stop the mind from being busy with uh, desires and all the different things that can occupy it. And come to this 
um, utter stillness, utter immovable. Uh, and, and it even says that in this. It says that, um, so, um, just as just singular, what, um, must one behold it? It's just singular. And then it is immeasurable and immovable. Okay? So, um, and, and lastly, I just wanted to show you this, that, um, that this is uh, backing up this photograph that I have here. Is, um, on one side, you see the average person with their kind of different slouching postures and um, pelvis out of positions, shoulders out of position, head out of positions. And then you have the, uh, the wonderful sanastitihi, the uh, awakened standing. And, and this is not a book on yoga, right? This is a book on um, posture. And so, so all of these disciplines um, have the ability, the capability of complementing each other beautifully, okay? And, um, and it's, it's, it's a veritable explosion in the world of people taking different art forms farther and farther. Like if you see the Instagram, there's the people doing Pilates. Uh, so amazing presenting their, their forms day after day. And then there's yoga and there's, um, there's all these other gym things and dance and music. Everything is uh, people kind of pushing the envelope. And, um, and you, the thing is, is we, when you're talking about, um, you know, like you don't see diversity because you're looking for the unity, it, it, it doesn't, it means, it doesn't mean that there isn't a celebration of diversity as well. Like, because you can appreciate all these different forms and different things, but, but you can also appreciate that the further you take any, um, art, any science, the deeper and deeper you go, the more excellence you achieve, the more mastery, the more it begins to resemble other disciplines or other things. Just be, and that's kind of this, the whole spiritual teaching, right? And so, um, so anyway, I, I leave you with that. And uh, I guess I have one more little thing for you, but then that's it. This is from another spot in the Upanishads, um, and it's kind of talking about that uh, deep essence of yoga and even the, the single body position that, you, uh, that the, the monk or the, the sadhu, the, the nun, the one very steeped in yoga, so they go... Um, when she keeps her body straight with the three sections, pelvis, torso, and head, erect, and draws the senses together with the mind into the heart, into the heart, then this wise woman shall cross all the frightful rivers with the boat consisting of um, self, that, that, that formulation, okay, so that deep conception of the world as having this, um, this hidden dimension that's not apparent, okay, so it's, this appears diverse, but 
the formulation that, that helps you to cross over the terrible rivers is, uh, is hidden. And it's a, it's a kind of unified thing behind it all. All right, so hopefully that gives you some uh, food for thought on uh, the connection between fitness, hatha yoga, and yoga. And uh, remember, I have uh, a good, amazing sale coming up at the beginning of July featuring a plethora of new uh, courses that uh, you, I hope you'll find very, uh, very insightful and boost your practice. And then also I have this live teacher training that I'm doing in Portland, July 11th through the 16th, or 15th, sorry, 11th through the 15th. And it's a 16 hours. And it's on Zoom as well. So um, you can do it live or do it live on Zoom or with the recordings afterwards. And uh, so all the best. Namaste.